Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to Out of Oz, a Building 28 Church podcast where we discuss the fantasies and fallacies of modern day Christian culture with compassion, conviction, and courage. I'm Danny Van and I'm hosting again. Cut that down. We've got, yeah, I had to memorize it. (laughs) And we have Pastor Aaron Curran here. And we have Pastor Powers here. And we have Pastor Melissa Hill. No, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Fresh face. Just kidding. We have the professor. 12 people just. Signed off. The, doc- the doctor, right the doctor, <laughs> Melissa Hill. She joins us occasionally. She's an Ozite. She, she is, loves, but she's not a doctor. She loves to show you. Okay, you know what? She's a doctor in my mind, which is what matters <laughs> when we're just handing out stuff in our day. But anyway, uh, she joins us for relationship stuff and sexuality stuff, as you know, because you hopefully watched and listened last week. So here is the topic for today that Dr. Hill and Professor Powers in the ballroom with the lead pipe. This is, um, right. this is yeah, I know, right? That's this how I take is, uh, you out now. This is the topic of conversation, right? At some point in time, and I would argue prolifically post-World War II, when women so outnumbered men and there were so many widows, women began working extensively outside of their homes. Now, in fairness, this has been going on for centuries, for Multiple thousands cultures. of years across cultures. But as we understand it here in the West, that's yep. really when it happened, yep. by and large, uh, it was about 80, 90 years ago after World War II. Large numbers began working outside the home after much time of being the primary caregiver. Fast forward to today, women may receive smug looks from others that they confess that they are simply a stay-at-home mom, as if that's simple, or that they homeschool or care for their children. That's what they do. That's, that's the concerns of their life. And people will say at times, don't you want more for yourself? What about your career? Within the church, the roles may be reversed. People may question why a mother would prefer to chase a dream or work in her desired field. So which side is legitimate? And I purposely asked Maddie, who created this podcast uh, outline, to phrase this occupational versus stay-at-home moms because all moms are working moms, right? Like, hopefully. Amen. I I think we get that. Whether they stay at home, they're working moms. Whether they go out and they have a career or a paid job, they are working moms. So which side is biblical? And Danny is going to take this away. There you go. (laughs) All right. Thank you. (laughs) First question, how would you guys define occupational moms versus stay-at-home moms? I think You've done done both, right? Yep. All right. Yep. One that's getting paid. One that's getting paid outside of the home versus... And even stay-at-home mom is kind of a, a misnomer because we're hardly ever home. Like, we're, <laughs> it's just, it just means we're not getting paid, and it's 24-7, which those moms that are working outside the home for pay that are occupational moms are for sure working 24-7. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's a good definition. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's very – it's pretty on the surface. Yeah. Like, if you're, yeah. if you're getting paid by someone that's not your husband – then you're occupational. Like you have an occupation, whether it's part-time or full-time, whether it's a career or just like a side job. Uh, if you're not, and you're present there in the home with the family all the time, then you're a working stay-at-home mom. Yeah. So. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah. So as we ask on almost every episode now, why are we asking this question? Why do people in and out of the church seem to have an opinion or a problem? I think there's guilt. Mm-hmm. I think there's 
irritation. Why is there guilt? So I think there's guilt because culturally we've placed weight. Maybe maybe it's biblical conviction too at times of a mother or a father in this discussion not being a present whenever they are present mother or father mm-hmm. or leader. So there can be biblical conviction of like that we're not, whether we're working outside the home or not, we're not leading our family well. We're not being present with our children or with our wives, with our husbands. So there can be that. I think there's guilt also that like there's so many expectations placed upon women in our society today to have a career, to make money. We live in Pinellas County. It's hard to get by a lot of times on one income Mm -hmm. unless it's a high paid income. And so there's that. And there's also guilt of if you are working outside the home. So that guilt, I think that there's also irritation, like I said, because I've seen it. I've heard it. I've talked to him, uh, a stay at home mom feels an irritation because she can feel judged at times by people who are occupational and yep. career driven yeah. and vice She's versa. Not somehow a career driven, potential. I'm out the home, I've got a nanny. You're not hustling. Can feel, yeah. can feel, the hustle culture. But on the other side mm-hmm. of that, you can feel like, um, because I am hustling and I am making a then income and I make more than my husband maybe or whatever, mom. but yeah. I feel judged by the moms who yeah. get to stay at home or want to stay at home or are wired to stay at home all the time. That's why the conversation, I mean, that's this is another one of those topics that's been brought to us. People have asked on both sides of this, what is biblical? And so we're answering it has been brought, but I think that guilt, that irritation is are two of the major factors here. I would think that we're asking the question, you know, 1 Timothy 4.16, I wrote down, because we're going to watch our doctrine and our life closely. But most of the time, I think the question is asked, like you said, because it's going to be asked from the perspective of how can I justify my own decision to either stay at home or to work? We typically ask questions that are made to defend the position we already hold. It's not not for our mind to be changed. That's exactly right. So if it is true conviction and not guilt, then we want other people to be convicted of the same thing at the same time. And so then, then we project guilt onto other people. Yeah. And I'm making I would personal argue, convictions universal. That's right. That, conviction. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's always fun. I yeah. Pastime. Only it's only mom in the room here. I think, but I I don't want to speak for all moms, but I would say you don't as a mom you don't have to look too far to find something to feel guilty about. We're always beating ourselves yeah. up. Well, over we we all suck like at the end of the day. Too. Like we struggle. Yeah, I'd say. For sure. That's we, universal. We, you know. Parenting's hard, relationships are hard, right. marriage is hard, all this is hard. And then add on top of that, the broken culture. I mean, we have broken souls that have been redeemed, thankfully, but then we have to deal with the broken culture, the pressures of the world around us. And there's just so much for any of us, but particularly I think for a mom, they can feel like a failure in. Yep. Uh, they can feel like I'm not providing like I should, I'm not caring like I should. And and so all of those, yeah, these are all the reasons why we're talking about this. It's a great question, Danny. So it's a great question, you know. I didn't make it up. <laughs> it's right here. No, it's the same question we ask every time. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? That's a True. good question. It's always a good question. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so biblically, what should the priority of a mother be? Biblically, the priority, look, I know this is going to be like really whitewashed. The priority okay, right. of a mother is to be a worshiper. Mm-hmm. That's primary. Things typically start to work themselves out if the focus is Christ and relationship with him. I can be the best father to my children and the best husband to my wife when I'm in step. We talked about last weekend for Timothy 6 here and the righteousness and godliness that Paul calls Timothy to as a pastor. And that righteousness is this horizontal, how we treat others, how we mother our children, father our children, how we treat our... And, but that flows from godliness, our relationship with Christ. And so I think that that can't be overstated that if you're a mom and you're listening to this, your primary objective 
is to be in stuff with the Lord and like worship Christ, I mean, you're probably going to feel empty and depleted anyway, but you'll feel it even more like heavily. Like I feel it as a father. I feel it as a husband. I feel it as a pastor, as a friend. When I'm out of step, spiritually speaking, relationally, devotionally with Christ. And so that is the primary emphasis for a mother. And then, so it all flows down from there. I can take my own life as a dad, pastor, Christian, father, husband, and and go, okay, what's what's priority? And so priority would be Christ. Mm-hmm. That's priority for a mother or a father is Christ. Secondarily is their spouse. That's right. Their spouse comes next. That doesn't happen a lot. I'm not saying it's easy because our kids are way cuter than our yeah. spouse a lot of times. Children do not come when, next. When they, when, they talk, when they talk back, you can ground them. You can't do that to your spouse, I don't think. So, so, but, you but, shouldn't. But I, I, remember I was sitting down with a well-known pastor. I will not name drop. Well-known pastor in the G3 camp a few years ago. He said, and I, this is hard, but he said, if you are in a boat and it capsizes and your wife and your children are drowning, you step on the heads of your children to save your wife. That's what he said. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I know. And I don't know if I'm there, but that pri- the priority of spouse being priority. And honestly, though, we also understand psychologically that you are the best father to your children by loving their mom well. Absolutely. And vice versa, by loving. So, um, and then comes children. So if you have a career, your career comes after your children. And that would go That's for right. men and women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your career, your ministry comes after like if we if we compromise our family and we don't lead well as fathers and mothers, our ministry, or I would even say your career, doesn't mean anything. Mm. It's not that it's not important, but it's important in its proper place. So that's that's how I see this. You can go another level and say then church comes next. I would even say before career. Before career, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Before occupation. Yeah. I would point back to Adam and Eve and the instituted patterns uh, in Genesis 1 and 2. On one hand, we have Adam who's called to be the head of his home. And it looks like physical, spiritual protection and provision. Then on the other hand, I think Eve's call in that, whether her work is in the home or outside the home, she is to not be the head of the home, but to live so as to enjoy being protected and provided for physically and spiritually by her husband. And that's the context in which she flourishes. And that's a context that Adam flourishes and those then need to be lived out, whatever career it looks like. And I love that. And that is so countercultural for a woman yeah. to enjoy, right? to be protected and provided yeah. for. This is just my eightness coming out in me. I, I don't, I've never minded saying. That's an Enneagram reference. Oh, I, I get yeah, it. I, get I, it. I have never had a problem took saying, me, I don't mind being taken care of. Like, <laughs> I got no problem with it at well, all. Well, but some I'm, women have a huge problem with it, I right? I know. It's, so it's, it's really that. weird Why? that I would be in the minority in that way. Or maybe yeah. they do. They are okay with it, but they don't want to say it because, again, mm. we should be contributing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it comes back to the fall. Like, what happened in the fall? Women became dominant and men became passive. Your yeah. desire shall be against it, uh, the your roles husband. Were, yeah. The roles were reversed. I'm not saying that yeah. men should be dominant, but men are called to be leaders. Right. Mm. Right. And But what, what do we see now in the church? We see this epidemic of weak men who passive. are who don't want to lead are mm-hmm. passive and we see i would say by necessity a lot of times dominant women who have mm-hmm. to like make up for the pathetic lacking that is there at times of the husband and sometimes they do that sinfully well it even goes with the percentage of male and female in our churches like mm-hmm. i yeah. think most yeah. churches in the west are, it's, it's like 70 30 female male yeah. now i think oh. it's higher than that when you look at really? into full-time missions 
Oh, wow. Women yeah. are stepping up. Young ladies. Goodness. College age, whatever. Yeah. They're going out. Hmm. Which is the total biblical violation because they should not be working outside the home. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. All right. But uh, anyway, that you know, in, in seriousness, um, that's what we're kind of facing right now is it's hard to like get things in the right order because the culture has so influenced us in conjunction with our sin right. nature right. that everything is just, like flipped and twisted. So. All right. So the next question is, is it biblical for the wife to be the breadwinner? But also, you guys talked a lot about like biblical principles for women and gender roles and marriage and stuff. But um, are there any more passages that talk about like what a priority of a mother should be? Proverbs 31 is exemplary. And I think every woman would feel like they can just never attain to that level of motherhood. Oh, I threw a book about Proverbs 31 woman up against yeah. Bell Wall. It's Which descriptive, is... <laughs> not prescriptive. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, <laughs> it's there to lead women to Christ. He is the fulfillment of all the qualities present in Proverbs 31. Though you should not, you know, throw the goals away. That's a good goal. Just like Christ is the goal for men. But I would go to Proverbs 31. First uh, Peter 3, huge in context about wives and women and mothering and what kind of the character should be like. Ephesians 5. Th mm -hmm. There's there's lots of any command, any instruction in the Bible is for all people. And it implies Christ in all of scripture is Christ for all of life. Yeah. And so you could go anywhere, I think. Well, I think our culture has a jacked up view of children. Yeah. Period. They're a nuisance instead mm -hmm. of a heritage. They're not arrows uh, in the hands of. But a by Lord. a heritage, they're not not a quiverful, not not, not little gods either. That's right. That we go one Absolutely. or the other. We talk about all the time. Sure. Yeah. They're it's either, it's either or all, they're <laughs> so <laughs> annoying, or our whole we're, life we're revolves around soccer extreme. and swimming schedule, <laughs> and we can't. I'm sorry, we can't go to church because Timmy has a t-ball tournament, and we, right. yeah. you know, and so we're committed every, to that. Everything's about these little gods that that we live vicariously through. So get them. So I'm not just no, but it, but it's true. But we do have a jacked up view. Of well, we'll get to this in in a bit. I guess that I'll say. Next that. question. Yeah, I'll say it. <laughs> well, okay, I've heard it from other people. I don't know what specifically what passages are talking about, but I've heard that some people think that it's a little bit contradicting. Like sometimes the Proverbs thirty one and like other calls for women to be like submissive or something. Mm -hmm. So obviously, the Bible doesn't contradict itself, but. So scripture does say that women are to be keepers at home. And that's mm -hmm. that is a mandate. And when I, I, I was that's I, what Proverbs 31 is all about. I was, it is. I was kind of yeah. joking when I said Proverbs 31 is descriptive, not prescriptive. The principles of Proverbs 31 would be prescriptive. We yeah. would understand that. It doesn't have to be specifically what the Proverbs 31 woman is doing, but the principles would apply. Yeah. But in the New Testament, it says the women are to be keepers at home. And I've heard some in the patriarchal camp say that they can, can't be a keeper at home if they have an occupation, if they have a career, if they have a job. I would disagree with that strongly. Mm -hmm. I would too. Mm -hmm. And I think that they can definitely be a keeper at home and manage their own home well like the Proverbs 31 woman does while going out. Mm -hmm. And her name is known in the streets and yeah. in the gates of the yeah, city. And right. she's selling her her wares or her bread. Or she's baker, whatever it is. Like she has a side hustle she going was on into the while she's exemplary as a wife and a mother. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So she that's, had an e-commerce store. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. she, oh, she had an Etsy shop. Um, <laughs> that she was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. would raise the bar. Like I'll 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 see you there, but I, I don't know where that this might be a grenade, but I would say Bring yes it. and amen to all of that. <laughs> oh geez, you're gonna say women breadwinner no. But I would say women should not be the breadwinners mm. because they're not mm. built to handle that burden. So I would I would say respectfully, lovingly disagree 
This is why I think, and this is a whole other conversation that we probably need to have with you, me and Melissa, with you. This is why I think. This is why <laughs> I think. Take this, it offline. This is why no, I think right the. No, I'm, I was going to no. say the conversation would be personality test, Enneagram, Strength Finders, mm. Myers Briggs, because this is a little side departure. But I think it's really important we're talking about huh. this in our society today. So, like, you take the Enneagram, for example, which is I love. Obviously, I'm certified in it. Um, eights are challengers. They're hardwired. You got a wing eight. So they're Melissa is a challenger. She's got that hardwiring. Twos, which is Danny, are typically soft and sweet and kind. It is culturally inappropriate, especially in the church, a lot of times for women to be eights and for men to be twos. Right. That's how it's seen. Because we say women aren't wired for X. Men aren't wired to be this. I think generally speaking, it's probably best because only a mother can mother. Mm-hmm. And right. I think I think them being a keeper at home, that's a principle that we look at and go, okay, they need to be present. They can't just be traveling all the time and never around their children and be a keeper at home. But generally speaking, it's probably better for the man to have like a career field that is going to provide for the family, if at all possible. But I don't think it's unbiblical or unwise or that women aren't wired to be able to be that primary breadwinner in certain situations where the man is wired a certain way, where he can be that stay-at-home presence more. He doesn't become the mother. He doesn't become the keeper at home. But at the same time, he can be more present. Like God has given certain gifts where in some marriages, the wife can make five times more than the man can make, you know? That's and I don't think that's I wrong. I don't think friends. that's wrong yeah. for that to, to take place. Yeah. So, Well, that's a distinction I was going to make because... Um... Oh, hold on. I have some thoughts for you. <laughs> Danny, Danny, come on. Well, because when I think breadwinner, I think Actually, just Actually, Thomas doesn't really care what you have to say right now. Because oh, my goodness. Oh, you should be at home. Oh, my goodness. I can see the comments rolling in already. <laughs> comments are so encouraging, uh, too. Okay, no, but when I Who's think... Who's this patriarch on the podcast? Oh, right? When Gosh. I think breadwinner, I think just higher income. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, both mom and dad are mm. both working, but the mom just makes more than the husband. What's different is if the mom is working and the husband is staying at home, not working at all. So there's nothing wrong with the that's women a making like we already said. Making yeah, he's Defining right. the terms is what Danny's doing. Yeah, he's, Very yeah, helpful. Yeah. He, he is working. If he's stay at home, dad, just like a stay at home mom, is working. You're just not getting paid for They're just not getting paid. Occupational dad. Yeah, you, you is that know, what you, you know, want me to no, say? Like, but you, know, you know what I mean? Like, because uh, I want to be fair on both sides of yeah. this where I'm going, you know, a mom who's staying at home they're working like they're working hard 100 percent. typically i mean if they're doing their what they're called to do and a dad who's staying at home the mom is going out it is different because we have a lot of dual incomes in our society but i think we're talking not just about the guy who stays at home and the wife who goes on works but maybe a wife who works more than the guy works even if they both work outside the home a wife who far supersedes so so if there came to a decision hey who's going to come home when we're having children it seems like it would be easier for the guy to come home because it'd be such a pay loss for the mom Mm. to come home those are kind of the situations that I'm referring to where I don't see where it would be like unbiblical or a lack of godliness for the guy to say, hey, I'm going to shelf my career for a while and come home and be with the family and be present there. I think it's more typical and culturally acceptable right. for the wife to do that. But I don't think I don't think when that's reversed that it's this bad. It the wife doesn't become, because she's a breadwinner, she doesn't become the dad. That's right. She doesn't become the leader of the family. That's right. You know, she just is bringing in the paycheck, you know. Do you think... You brought the Enneagram. Is my comment then evidence of a one wing nine? Or oh, is yeah. it so just yeah, this is, man, what a what a conversation should be. So ones are extremely principled and they have a, a high standard of what they think is right, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. It can be a it can be a disservice to them if their standard of what they think is right is not right. Because they're gonna still fight for that, even though it's not right. Sure. Um, so Hillary Clinton is a one. 
Me and an, Hillary. I would say, wow, you just lumped no, us I would just there, say there that's together, a, huh? that's an example of an unhealthy type one style. Okay. That and there and she's wrong. She's very convinced and extremely stubborn, but she's wrong on maybe not everything clearly, but on certain things. Uh, abortion being one of them. Like that's mm -hmm. just a, one of those where she's just wrong, but yeah, she fights for it vehemently. But just so. And that's not to say that only your type, like all of us have different personality types. We all see things differently, but it's easy for us to get stuck in a way, especially if we are very principled types, to get stuck in a way of looking at male-female relationships, father-mother, husband-wife relationships, and a certain pattern style that is at least preferable, if not convictional for us. Sure. And sometimes we need to roll back on that and go, what, what is really the biblical principle there instead right. of what do I just think or feel or believe. Or what has traditionally right. been so. Traditionally, culturally acceptable. Mm -hmm. you know? Okay, so that so, brings me to the next yeah. question. I just want to know why, why yeah. we're... I like what you said, that best practice... You, Potentially. You said... Okay, you're kind of backtracking. Generally. You're kind of backpedaling on that one. Look, I do yeah, think yeah, yeah. if the yeah, mom yeah, yeah, can yeah. be home, that's probably the best. Because I can't yeah. mother my children. Right. And there's something we're to be not said nurturing. for a mother, sure. the nurturing sure. element regardless of their type, that a mom who yeah. is walking and stuff with, with the Holy Spirit can bring to her kids. Okay. So I do think that's probably preferable. Yeah, and probably practically I'm there as well, having that this is the best pattern for husband and wife. But why I said what I said earlier about the breadwinner is I, I think it puts unhealthy pressures on the wife if she is the breadwinner bringing home the majority of the financial contributions to the family that she will be tempted in ways that she would not be if she were not the breadwinner to feel like and to live as if she were the head of the home because she is the main contributor to it. And that would be wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. But just because, so, you know, correlation hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that, that that cause is bad. Meaning that just because it leads us somewhere or we see it heading a certain direction doesn't or mean Or the unhealthy that, practice leads to unhealthy temptations. Maybe. Yeah, but I wouldn't say it's an unhealthy practice for a woman to be the primary breadwinner is what I'm saying. But I, yeah. th I see where it could have sure. problems just like sure. when the man is the breadwinner and they go, I make all this money. You're not, you're not right. doing this that's thing. Right. You're not spending this. You I know, can whatever. spend my money how yeah. I want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, which is not. So, it's a, yeah. that's a, that goes back to an I versus a we thinking. Hmm. And oh, it's, yeah. so if it's a we situation, it doesn't matter yeah. who's bringing the money sure. in. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Well said. If we're on the same team. We family If the family, if the husband and wife are on the same team. Hey, you know what? That's just the issue. It Selfishness. Is. Mm -hmm. It's just the issue. It's always mm -hmm. the issue. Whether the woman's the breadwinner, whether the man is, it's just selfishness. There's got to be a unified front, of, a true unified front, not a, That's right. a, a smoke and mirrors front. That's right. Of like, we're in this together. And just because you are at home, dude or lady, and not bringing in an income, it is our money, our home, right. our family That's before right. the Lord. So, Yeah. I know we have to move on to the other points, but another distinction. Um, I'm just all about providing clarity for our listeners today. <laughs> um, but she's been burned in the comments. <laughs> That's what this is. Yeah, why is really Danny speaking? Yeah. Comments turned off. Okay. Um, we love like 99% of you guys who are watching and right. listening. Yes. We love you all, even if you don't like us. I don't. But I don't. here's the thing. Okay, so the situation that we put before them was, let's say, two incomes— husband and wife, right? And then they start having kids. Woman makes more money. So it just makes more sense for her to be the one to continue working and for the father too. But that's in a financial sense. What if they're both working, then they start having kids and it's, let's say they make equal amount of money. 
So it's not a financial decision, but the woman has a desire to continue working and the husband has a desire to stay home. It's it's just about desire. So I would just ask, why the desire? Yeah, right. That's, that, that's, that's what it comes yeah. out. It comes down to motivation. Why? Yeah, like if the, if the if the woman just really enjoys that, and the husband's like, "Hey, I, I'm a homebody. I kind of like being at home. Like I like like the idea that I have things ready when the wife comes home at night." Which is and, a good answer, or the bad answer is the the woman wants to be out of the home, yes. and the and the dad just exactly. wants to be so I would lazy. Say why? Mm-hmm. Like, what's yeah. the reason mm-hmm. for the wife? Just to wants continue? to play video games all day, or vice versa. I think it needs to be distressed. It shouldn't just be assumed that the man's going to keep working. Like, That's right. Like, why? Why do you? Why are you going to keep working? And why? And there's good, healthy responses to that, and there's unbiblical, ungodly responses to that as well. So I think that's the that's the okay. bigger why? question. Like, so why? If it's not a financial thing and it's just desire, that's not necessarily wrong. It's not it's necessarily just... wrong. Okay. Yeah. That's good. All right. So at what point should a mom consider coming home from her job <laughs> to take care of the home and the children? And how do you know when it's time? When the Holy Spirit convicts you that you're failing. Mm-hmm. Not just the guilt of the culture and all that, but when you're going, I feel a conviction in my conscience, and this is subjective, I get it. Look, this this happened for me. Like I got, I got, <laughs> we keep talking about it. I got trained and certified on the Enneagram to coach specifically churches and pastoral teams and stuff like that. And had a cu- another couple other ventures that I was thinking about exploring as well. I've shelved all those while my kids are young. I've said, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. I've even had opportunities where people connect me and said, hey, this church would love to fly you in and do this. And I said, not right now. Like, I'm not going to do that right now. Um, and so I think for father or mother, those are the considerations that we need to make is, how am I going to parent well? Am I parenting well biblically, not culturally, like not according to all the pressures and of the church or outside the church? Am I parenting well? I think that for me is the big question before the Lord, honestly, because we're people biased, so it's so easy for us to justify whatever we're doing, but to say, am I truly present with my kids? Am I truly shepherding my kids? Am I truly leading my kids, father or mother, or do I need to pull back from something? Obviously, the father is typically man who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever, scripture mm-hmm. says. And so there is a provision that's not just monetary provision, that is leadership, biblical provision, soul provision as well. Um, go back to the guns episode, that's physical protection as well. But I think those are the questions that have to be asked. It's, it's not just trying to be like um, something objectively that you check a box or you're you know missing. It's going to be where, where do I stand in my relationship before the Lord with my children and can I continue to have a career and at the same time really observe what I am primarily called to, to be a worshiper of Christ, a husband to my wife or a wife to my husband and a parent to my children. I have so many thoughts. Yeah, I, I, me too. I know. You but first. the question, you know, at what point should a mom consider coming home? I would say anytime you can. Consider it often. Mm, we, it's not, a, again, it's not a one-time decision. It could be a season. It could just be, it doesn't have to be an eternal thing and it's not a one-size mandate. It's just, just mm. not. It's not a, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Again, piggybacking on what you said is when you feel like you're failing, when, when we start to view the children as a nuisance and a distraction getting in the way of me climbing the ladder, mm. then we need to reevaluate. And they do get in the way. They do, man. They're you got to punt them sometimes, man. <laughs> what are all these thoughts going on in your brainiac head up there? If I were sitting down with a couple at our church and they put this question to me, mm. and if it was only for financial reasons, I- I'd probably have a hard time. I'd say, okay, financially, your life probably needs to adjust. That's then. right because the biblical patterns are more important than your finances. 
But I'd also then, I wouldn't want to call a wife working outside the home sin, because I think we've even talked about this. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to call sin a lot less than what a lot of people are going to call sin. And I'll call it a lot less than you do. Sure. Probably. Yeah. And, you know, so, but e- even that, so I would, I would never want to call a wife working outside the home as sinful, but yeah. I do want to say, why do we want to go against the pattern we see in the Bible, mm. even if culture thinks this is okay or appropriate or it makes sense financially or practically, things like this? I, I just think it brings too many unhealthy everything into the relationship at home. I would have, I think, a hard time personally, unless I knew the situation really well, seeing a man as as being the man he ought to be as a stay-at-home dad. I mean, totally I honest. Not. I would not at all. I would. I, no, I just want to clarify. Yeah. I respect that you would. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I honestly respect that you that you would. I would not. Yeah. I, I would not have. Um, I can tell you that I convictionally couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I I feel personal conviction to be the primary breadwinner provider in that right. way for my family, but if a man didn't feel that way, I have enough respect for personality and wiring, and their convictional position before the Lord personally to say, I don't understand it fully. Sure, but I can I can still applaud that person. Sure. I can applaud sure. that, and I can be comfortable with that, and I can be cool with that. And to, to be honest with you, I'm not even speaking like emotionally right now because i don't know if i have any friends who are like that uh, almost all the friends i deal with I in the burbs i don't it's the I guy do. the guy is the you primary do. Ooh, the guy's the primary breadwinner <laughs> yeah and i'm sure there are people in our church who the lady is but most of the people that i'm really close to the the man is the breadwinner yeah so i do have really close friends yeah that um just in the last couple of years um dad decided to stay home they have six girls five are still in the home oh one's gosh. in college homeschooling oh my gosh Mom got a really great job offer, actually, with classical conversation. So she's still involved in their homeschooling, but now dad, super intellectual, loves the Lord, loves his family, loves loves his girls, and now he's he's the primary school teacher, the homeschool teacher, and she's she's working for classical conversations, and he is still, by all things that I can see, the leader of the home. Practically, are you close enough to the family to know, like, is is there a struggle with this? Like in the dynamic of leadership in the home or no, I don't think unhealthy so. I think pressures? It, it is one of those rare things where huh. it, it's working. I mean. Curious. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't and, and this, 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 this <laughs> is right, right this, this is, again, just, just, just an example in this conversation of, I think, how you can love somebody, hopefully, mm-hmm. and disagree with them and still like honor their dis- that disagreement. Right. Mm-hmm. Say, For sure. I see how where you're coming from. I see the principles and patterns of scripture there. Mm-hmm. I also see the allowance of scripture for yeah, that not to always course. be the case. Right. And we can we can disagree as you're watching, listening, and still have love and appreciation mm-hmm. um, for one another. Yeah, I could be wrong. And I can call you a patriarch. I don't think I am. <laughs> but I could no be. No patriarch ever does. Do not, not a patriarch. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, okay, so maybe like from a pastoral perspective. I do agree that perspective. that is a very rare thing. Okay. I, I do. And, okay. and I don't see my husband wanting to do that yeah, ever. Right. And we used to joke about it when I was ready to put my kids back in school and mm. I'm ready to quit homeschooling every month and all of that mm. when I was in the weeds and, and all the things. And, <laughs> and he would be like, you want to go? You want to go to work? I'll stay here. I'll do this. You know, that kind of thing. I'm like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I don't want to do it. Pastorally, I, I would have, I think, honestly, a difficult time especially examining a candidate to be an elder in a church 
if he were a stay-at-home dad. Like I would, it would have to be just the most exceptional of cases. I would say I agree with you in the sense because that the family for, for me, is the resume a, as difficult a time, for the but, elder. But I think there, that would be a consideration. Yeah. If if they are it's not, it's got to be part of the if they are not leading their own home, and I'm not saying you got to be the breadwinner to do that, but that's that's a component of it. It is. How are they to shepherd right. shepherd the people of God for right. Timothy three? So that that is a consideration that mm-hmm. would probably be something. But at the same time, as elders, we would consider a guy who's a workaholic and go, yeah, why is he a workaholic and why is this his God? You know. And yep. so there's yeah. there's many considerations. That's totally wrong. Totally many wrong. considerations when we're, but I think that would be a legitimate consideration for sure. Is it unbiblical to put your kids in daycare? If the wife, or I feel like we could even open it up Say the husband to the husband now, now <laughs> yeah. since we've, when the wife or the husband has the ability and flexibility to stay home. I want to say case by case with daycare. I, we're saying daycare, not school or even preschool, right? Daycare, we're saying daycare, they're too young daycare. for school. Right. right. So, yeah. yeah. I Is it unbiblical? Come on. It can't. No. Daycare is <laughs> never mentioned in the Bible. So, of I, course, so it's unbiblical. I mean, <laughs> But in that sense, is, it's not are we talking putting the kids in day? Again, <laughs> right. it goes back Hopefully to a heart issue yeah. in our view of our roles and our view of the children. Are we putting the kids in daycare so I can go get my Botox, my daily me time, right. or whatever? Or do I really believe that preschool slash daycare is going to set my kids up for a good education? Is my heart in it hmm. for the children? And the heart is deceitful above man, all things. Man, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, is it, is it, yeah, I mean, I, so maybe to be totally honest here, I'm speaking from just experience. Maybe my experience is driving my, my ship here and it should not. But there, there was a time. It does, it does for matter. everyone. You know me. Yeah, it does you for love everyone, me. right? It so, does. okay, so here's my experience with this. When, when I was in seminary, uh, gosh, like 15 years ago now. Um, oh gosh, you're old. I know. Uh, <laughs> Holly worked full time and put me through school. And that created such I'm glad you were able to get your education biblically through compromise. All right, yeah, cool. right. <laughs> that did I would have such... had a problem with it. I mean, <laughs> created... but it ha- it's right. a lot of seminary we... students though. Tons. It's a tons. It's a lot we, of seminary we did students. not have an issue with it. We came out of that situation having graduated with an issue with it sure. because of what it created in the unhealthy tensions in our marriage and our own hearts with my heart with Holly's heart and things like this. And then when kids came along, it just it just made it that much exponentially more important that we thought Holly needs to stay home. And I think looking back, I think because of the unhealthy tensions and weight was on that was on her shoulders during that time, I always encourage young men, take longer in seminary and do that part-time while you take care of your family full-time uh, because these are the patterns that are going to last you relationally in your marriage that are going to cement you in good ways. So m- maybe I'm speaking out of experience here, but it did not do good things uh, no, for I us. Think, I think experience is important because somebody can be listening to them and be like, well, not that they would, but they could be like, well, Aaron and Adam and Melissa said it's fine. So you need to accept it. This is fine. I'm going to work outside the home. I'm going to career, whatever. Every marriage is different. Every, well, every and couple I'm is different. Like some, some it might not cause tension, but others it would. So just because something is permissible does not mean it's best. I'm saying it's permissible and I didn't 10, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm one who didn't yeah. do it. I stayed home. I loved my job. I was at a parachurch organization. Hmm. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Cried when I left. Was very convicted to do it. But I love those people. I love what we were doing. I believed in the kingdom work that we were doing. Believed in my kingdom work at home had to come first. Yeah. And I knew that yeah. ministry, other things would be there in 15, 18 yeah, years when sure. my kids were are now, here yeah. I am, they're out of the house. <laughs> and so, yeah. 
now here I am outside. Well said. I'm also out of the house. <laughs> and now, and now, that exam- and now, the, and now the Lord is calling you to, to be on oh, staff at Voting 28 and Kids Ministry. I don't know. Like just, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Daycare, though, amazing the providential timing in all this, Melissa. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not married or a mother, so I don't have any real experiential knowledge. You but do. from what you guys are saying, it seems like a really important component for this conversation is like whatever your natural inclination is, your desire, whether it's to be the mom that's working or the mom that's staying home or the dad that's working, the dad's staying home, you have to probably like pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to like align your desire with his word. Not probably. Yeah. yeah. You ought to. You ought right? to, yeah. yeah. Amen. Because even if you are wired a certain way, we can't just be like... Just Aaron. No, no, I'm saying just like, Aaron. you can't just say like, oh, <laughs> that's for everyone. My husband's wired this way, so yeah. we're not going to try to yeah. apply biblical principles. We're just going to do our own thing because we're different. We need to examine everything. Yeah. Like, we can't just the, say, well, that's just the way I am. Yeah, the cynic... Yeah, that's the, not an excuse. My Enneagram yeah. told me so. What? The cynic in me would say, I mean, that's, there's a reason why the 80% of the Enneagram personality test is negative. It's showing us our bad patterns and our shadow self. Yeah, which right. is really what Where I hate struggle. about it because I hate that you know it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> the worst. I know the girl never, <laughs> Me but too. I, but I think, I think to Danny's point, the whole time. there has to be there has to be a willingness to engage our wiring, our personality, whatever it is, our natural bias yeah. and say, is this biblical or mm-hmm. am I just going with this because I like it? It feels right. right to me. It's my bias. It's my belief system. It's my false belief system. It's how I was raised. Yeah, yeah it's how I was raised. Mm. So that there, we always need to be challenging ourselves and our spouse kindly wow, in wow, that wow, way wow, wow. to say, hey, are we just accepting this because it's what we like? Right. And sometimes it's not wrong, but sometimes it is because our heart does deceive us and leads us astray. Yeah, amen. Well said. So to be clear, what I'm saying is permissible and is not unbiblical. It isn't what I did. Yeah. You know, really. So we, I, I can't get away from that. Like, even though I'm saying it's okay, we, we chose to do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And made sacrifices to do so. We were broke, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it biblical to expect women to have children right after marriage? Is it selfish to wait? I'd say no to both of those. Correct. I, I yeah. agree. I mean, it so, is not uh, so the reason I asked about the universal command is I don't see that as a universal application of command. I see it to Adam and Eve, um, the first parents. And I see that by and large, the reasons for not wanting to have children are self-centered. And so that's a problem, the motivation once again. But there, I think there are legitimate reasons for wanting to wait. Yeah. To build intimacy and connection, to build trust and camaraderie and unity in marriage. Right, right. To maybe delay that because, like, for Danielle and I, we delayed because we thought we might be church planters. Like, we really had a wiring to go overseas and to plant a church, and we wanted to see what that was on, how that was going to take shape first. And yeah. Um, so I think it is. <laughs> I think it's dumb. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think it's biblical at all to say. You got married and you just need to pump out the kids. Because by that same standard, and some do apply this, we talked about ATIA and that radical homeschool sect uh, in the previous episode. But by that same standard, you can never stop then. That's right. Until God stops it physically. Right. You got to keep having 9, 10, 11, 12, 17 children. Like you just got to keep on pumping them out. You get because, your own TV show. Because there can't be, hey, you know what? <laughs> there can't be this conventional preference of, hey, you know, I've had three. And I feel like this is where God wants me to be so that I can invest the time needed as a father and mother into these three children to raise them. And 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 that might not, might not be the same for everybody. Some people might have two, some people might have seven. I don't think that there has to be a three is a good number. I don't think there has to be, uh, you got married, like you just, no birth control, like no, 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 whatever. It, birth control is a whole nother issue uh, that we can yeah. talk about in another <laughs> episode. No, no uh, abstaining during certain times of the month or whatever. No preventative measures to not have children 
I don't think that's unbiblical if, if the reasons are right before the Lord. Which mm-hmm. brings it back to what we said earlier. I mean, if someone sat down in my office and said, hey, we, we're married now. We decided not to have kids forever or for this amount of time. My first question is, why? Yeah. And there's good answers to that. And there's bad answers to that. And to say, like some people do, that it's sinful to not start pumping out kids right away. It can only be selfish. It can only be selfish. Right. No. That's that's an immature posture. It shows a heart that doesn't, that's that's really good in black and white and can't exist in the gray and is not realistic and adds to scripture and calls sin more than what the Bible calls sin. Yeah. We love children Mm -hmm. and we want to have kids. And it is true when it says a quiver full is a blessing. And a headache. <laughs> it comes with both. <laughs> and lots of gray hair <laughs> yeah. come out. Yeah. So what if a Christian couple <clears throat> does not want to have children? Once again, for me, it's just why? Yeah. Like, why do you not want to have children? Yeah. And there might, this is a harder one to find the right reasons. For. What's a bad answer to that question? About, the world is overpopulated. About, 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 <laughs> because the because well, climate change. Well, that, that's carbon that, footprint. That is Hillary. A, a bad one would be like the world is, yeah. is the world is getting worse so and worse. Bad. Which, by the way, we bring kids it's, into this it's world. not getting worse and worse. Okay, okay but that was my reason more. for not. Ha- but, yeah, that was the reason. That's I gave a bad reason because that's basically saying really? that we. So I have two Paul, birth control. Children. Paul says to his young pastor wow. friend, Second <laughs> Timothy one seven, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's right. And yet that's what's pervasive in our culture, and so fear as a motivation for not having children is not biblical and godly. Like, just because it is a scary place. This is mm. a dark place. This is the shadow lands, as, as Lewis always said. I agree with him completely. This is the shadow lands. But we're called to bring redemption and light Amen. as ambassadors. Amen. We're called to cultivate little missionaries to send into the darkness. Yes. And so yes. let's do that. And we can wait to do that. Okay, so on the other side of the coin, what's yeah. a good answer to the question? Hey, we're not going to have kids. Ever. You're saying the one that's yeah. ever. Ever. What's a good answer to that? <sighs> when you say why... We I have mean, a couple in our church that I think has a good answer, but I, what 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 do you think? I think I think the I don't know. Hmm. It's subjective. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> true. But you could say we just have a conviction and a peace from the spirit. Like and I know you can use that in any oh situation. My. I know. I'm saying yeah. well, that is something that we have to take in consideration. Like when it comes time to start a family after we get married, not we, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, after no, me and my wife get married, married, and it's like, when are we going to start? I mean, we've already started a family, right? Because husband, husband and wife is, is, is a family, family by itself. But yeah, when right. are we going to adopt? When are we going to try to have kids? When are we going to accidentally, you know, have kids, whatever? And how are we going to progress through that? Those are all questions I think that have to be answered. And a lot of the answers are subjective. Like it is, well, I feel, we feel like now is the time. How do you feel like, oh, well, we've prayed about it. Mm-hmm. We've sought peace. We've sought counsel, direction. And so conversely, you can say, and we better really be careful with it. Mm. We sought counsel. We've talked to our pastors. We've talked to godly friends. We've prayed about this. We feel a peace and a conviction to not have children because, right, right. because, and this is legitimate, I think, because we're going to be in such a hostile ministry environment where the Lord has called us to something specific that we're working in together. Yeah. That to bring children into that would be difficult or dangerous or, or it's I, almost I a that, guarantee to orphan them before. I think those okay. before can be legitimate. Yeah. So, so the answer the couple gives in Super our church, rare, though. yeah, <laughs> very rare. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm I'm going to preach the gospel in Iraq, and yeah, I, I have right. a six month life expectancy. Right. No kids. I'd be like, okay, let me pray for you. Right. <laughs> uh, the couple in our church, the wife has a medical condition where it's about seventy to eighty percent 
maybe, I think, possibility of her death in pregnancy. And they have then concluded no kids. And I want to be like, that's hard, but I'm with you. Yeah, yeah I, so, get I understand. It. So I after Evie was born, they told us yeah. that there was a high likelihood mm. that the same, any, any further children that me and Danielle produced biologically could have this, a similar genetic makeup yeah. to the heart defect that Evie had. So that was one of the reasons why we said, you know what? And in addition to that, we had really loved adoption. And mm -hmm. like we saw Spurgeon Evie the yeah. same, you know? And it was like, so hey, let's just pursue that. Let's, yeah. instead of having biological children, let's just pursue. And I know that's nuanced and that's different than just saying we're not having any children at all. But there's, there's a lot of conversations that can be had around this. I think it's rare though. It is, it is rare to find a legitimate yeah. biblical Holy right. Spirit, God glorifying excuse. So I think financial can be a legitimate excuse to wait. Right. I do think that. I think that you can say, um, we're straddled we're, with all we're, these we're, student loans. Like, like we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're 21, 22, 23. Yeah. We just got married and, and we're, we're going to wait yeah. for three or four years and kind of get stabilized here. Yeah. Now, greed can very easily check yeah, into that. How, and, what's the and number? Can. Yeah. What's and the then you never number? have enough. Because right. as Americans, our lifestyle expands with our salary. So right. it just yep. happens. <laughs> but I think that's legitimate to wait. I don't so think that's legitimate forever to say that unless once again, you're in a ministry field that you feel like God has called you to where you're just like, we will never make enough. I think to Adam's point, we adjust our lifestyle to prioritize what we want. That's, mm -hmm. that's yeah. how, and, and so are we going to prioritize buck season tickets or are we going to prioritize <laughs> children, you know, and, you and little missionaries, you know, anyway. I'm well. just saying like we, we, especially for our context, we're not talking about a bunch of people that are going to Pakistan or Iraq. Like we're talking no, about people who are living in Pinellas here. and Pastro yeah. and Tampa Bay. And that's typically who's watching and listening. And let's be real here. The, the, the excuses for us are going to be much more slim to just never have children. Yeah. And if it's financial, I mean, from speaking from experience again, like there are programs in the government, I mean, for each of our three kids that we received immense help right. on. Because sadly, churches are notorious for not taking care of their pastors financially. And so there, there was a time Let's talk about that. when our family was on food stamps mm -hmm. at a time and we had WIC and we had all these other things and we got like free eggs, it. free bread, and, yeah. free, free peanut butter, free cereal. And I think our pregnancy cost us like 50 bucks total, yeah. like each of the three times. And it was immensely helpful. And I don't know if people know those things, like help is out there. But then there's a lot of other people reasons. in suburbia do not. Right. The people, yeah. but there are a lot of people who do know about it. And to be clear, and to piggyback on what you said, mm. the just being poor, being impoverished doesn't mean you don't get to have kids. It's not right. have to have kids. It doesn't right. mean you don't get to. Yeah. You still get to have arrows to shoot out. Like you still get a <laughs> heritage from the Lord. Yeah. Which we're told are children. Okay, wait, we didn't answer the last part of this one question. Okay, yeah. Oh. So for the couple that has the medical condition mm -hmm. or for other people, whatever their reasoning is for not having kids, like biological kids, do you think there's a charge to adopt then? No. I no. don't think I don't no, think no. there's a no. I think the principles are really good of like caring, yeah. care, James one twenty seven, caring for the widows and the orphans. And that's a great way to do that, foster care and adoption. But I don't think that you have to adopt or foster if you can't have your own children biological. Okay. What advice would you give to a couple looking to bring the wife home from the workforce? Go through Financial Peace University. I was, I, I was going to say something less practical. I was going to say. I was too. I was going to say. It's really practical. I was going to say. Thank you, Mosa. Do it. 
<laughs> so I was in the same brace sacrifice. So yeah. it's the same thing. You're just practically putting We're like wheels principal, on that. Big picture, yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm going you're it. going to have to wrap your mind around that you're not going to have what the other people right. have. Yeah, the people who are loaded yeah. or the people who have two incomes or whatever. You're just not going to do that, and that's okay. Like, mm -hmm. and it's better than okay. It's gonna be good. That's and right. Your kids. We say so. Your often kids are not going right to care back. like what you gave them mm. as much as like mm. who you were to them. That's right. You know, so we have to embrace a sacrificial mindset a little bit with that. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot more you can say, but next. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then the flip side, what advice would you give to a couple looking to send their wife back to the workforce? Mm. Discuss all the expectations because some things are going to have to change. Dinners are going to change. Mm -hmm. Pickups are going to change. Driving the kids are going to change. You know, like it's, it's a major life change. Moms do a lot. Yeah. What is it? You take the list of all the things that moms do from nursing to teaching to refereeing and driving, chauffeur, cook, laundry, person to do the laundry, house cleaner, all those things. So someone's going to have to pick up some of that load. Yeah. I always said Almost that if I worked full time, even when if say if my kids were still in school, 100 percent, we would put it if we could in the cost would be someone to come clean our house like right away. Nanny. Yeah. Uh, not a nanny. No, someone maid, to clean the house. Maid, yeah. But so, because something has to give. Mm -hmm. You can't do it all. No one's doing it all. Mm -hmm. No one. Not even the social media moms that are out there hustle, hustle, hustle. They're not doing it all. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> well, mom influencers. This is why I really <laughs> struggle, really struggle when someone doesn't have an appreciation for psychology. Because all truth is God's truth. And I think if we could understand just, just one fraction of it that psychologically the grass is always greener oh. on the other side for humanity. So for the working mom, the grass is greener a lot of times on the stay-at-home side. Man, if I could only do that. And for the stay-at-home mom, the grass might be greener on the occupational side. And it's not actually greener. There are cow it's patties just, in both fields. Just, That's right. just, just like you might be like, yeah. oh, man. And they both that, stink. My, my girlfriend's husband loves her so much better than my husband loves me. No, he doesn't. No. He's still a sinner. Yep. He still sucks at life a lot of times. And we just need to understand that. Like it might like for pastors, it's like, hey, you know what? This church over here is offering me a lot more. Oh, and I could get out of this hellhole of the church that I'm in and go over here. Well, that church is a hellhole too. Like it's mm -hmm. a beautiful mess too. Like, like we have to understand that beautiful mess is a better term. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. When I say hellhole, I just mean <laughs> we're, 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 feel in like the, that we're in the terrestrial world. Like we're in the shadow lands here. So it's like every church has lots a lots of shadows over here. Yeah. Every dark. church has their problems. Life. Every marriage has like their problems. The and do and, and escapism, <laughs> while right. there's a, while there's a positive side to escapism, which we talk about with literature and music and things mm. like that, there's a negative side of if yeah. I can just get out of this situation, I can come home from work, or I can go back to work, or I can yeah. not be around my kids as much, or I can be around my kids more. Whatever it is, but there's certain temptations to enneagram numbers. Yes, well, in all well, that's enneagram psychology, <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. showing us, hey, this is where I'm wired. This is where, and so I think that an understanding of that. Of whatever I have right now, it's easy for me to get comfortable, complacent, bored with, hmm. and want the excitements or the energy or the passion of whatever I'm not doing. Yeah. Whatever that. And that's just, if we can understand, hey, that's how sinfully we're wired, no matter what our type is. Yeah. Then it helps us to embrace more like what God has actually caught us into presently. Mm -hmm. Discontent is not a godly virtue mm -mm. to cultivate ever. We should it's always fun, flee though. from it to toward contentment. Yeah. Though everybody calls it our favorite authors, it's a rare jewel to actually yeah. get. Mm. Yeah. Like you always say, fantasy is a lot more fun than reality. But then as soon as you grab fantasy, it becomes reality and it ceases to be as fun as it was in imagination. Right. It's Except just, Narnia and Middle Earth and 
Hogwarts. Yeah. I think what you just said was a good answer for the last two questions, but <laughs> I'll go. open it up to you guys for 30 seconds each. What encouragement can you give for working moms and what encouragement can you give for stay-at-home moms? I would give the same encouragement to both. Just try not to grow weary in doing the good work that you're doing. Yeah. And just keep doing it, you know, <laughs> and there will be a harvest and do good to all people. And that doing good to all people might be outside of the home for some of the time of your day or maybe inside the home, but just do not grow weary. Mm. We can, we're all fighting it. We're all yeah. doing a thing. We're all tired. <laughs> we're all tired. Yeah, amen. I would say make sure family is the priority. If it's not the priority, you might need to think leaving the job to be at home. That's what I would say. And, and along those same lines, I would just say, look, if you got your eyes on the job or the house primarily instead of on uh, biblical relationship and, mm. and, and marriage, honor to the Lord. So I've talked about, Lewis always talked about that friendship doesn't begin with me going, hey, want to be best friends? It begins you with- You too? You begin side mm -hmm. by side, That's not right. face to face. Yeah. Side I thought by I was side the going, only I'm, one. I'm the only one. Um, yeah. Marriage and even parenthood can be beautiful in that way, where our spouses and our children are co-laborers together in this with us. Mm. Let your children see what you do, how you love their mom, how you love their dad, how you serve the church, how you share the gospel, how you worship Christ, not in a fraudulent way, not in like an over-spiritual hokey way, like, look at me, I'm reading my Bible. It's Even down to real life, like text messages. And how you work and work ethic. Yes. Let yeah. your kids see your yeah. work ethic. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with kids seeing their moms. Work hard. Work. Yeah. And do it for the glory of the Lord and for their family. Yeah. That yeah. is, no way am I going to be convinced that that's unbiblical. We can't. Yeah. Yeah, so, if my daughter grows up to be president, man, I'm voting for her. Thanks, straight. As long as she is as long as she patriarchal. Gets a of <laughs> oh wrong. Wrong. The episode was going to end so smooth. <laughs> All, right. Do that ever. All right. You know what? We appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank, thank you, we Doctor, do. for oh, being on, awesome. on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. And uh, anyway, it's always fun. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.